Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. With you all the way up to 6.30 tonight, we're Grant and Danny, and you're listening to The Fan. Danny, I owe you a thank you. You're right. You're welcome, America. I think most of our listening audience has already thanked you uh-huh. via social media. Danny got sick overnight Thursday into Friday. And while you getting sick normally wouldn't net a thank you, mm-hmm. on Friday you yep. weren't able to come in. And so inevitably something major had to happen in DC right. sports. And that something was the defenders getting Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the Commanders, I should say. I call mm-hmm. them the Defenders. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Defenders in a minute. Mm-hmm. I got them on my mind. The Commanders getting Eric Bieniemy to agree to be their offensive coordinator. It only happened because you were sick. Some people might be skeptical of that. <laughs> to you, I say, welcome to the show. This doesn't happen when I go on vacation. I want to be very clear about this. Okay, When it's my scheduled time off, hey, take a week at the beach, buddy, rest or recharge, read a book or two, have some barbecue. No, 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 no. I got to be puking my guts out. I got to have laryngitis. Okay? Whatever it is, it happens, and then major news happens. I take one for the team. That's the kind of team player that I am. Some people won't wear that fastball to move runners into scoring position. I took that fastball right in the shoulder, and I didn't rub it. Came back here. Hopefully close to full strength. It was miserable, by the way. No one cares about it. No one has puked more. I think I set a world record. Friday, I was in a delirious, uh, fever-induced state where I would sleep for one minute or two hours. I had no idea which. Wake up, puke nothing, but just do it forever. It was terrible and awful. It's a norovirus going around, apparently. Whatever. But Eric Bien is here because I did that. I sacrificed for you all. Content, GP. Content. You're batting 1,000. It's not a joke either, by the way. Days missed non-vacation. Massive D.C. sports news. Sometimes Bryce Harper signs in Philadelphia. Uh Uh-huh. Laryngitis. Occasionally, head coaches get fired. And on this particular instance, Danny Ruye brought us Eric Biennemi as the coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Let's go through the weekend that was. There's a lot of... A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that happened. A lot of things to regale you with. So your boy had as good a sports weekend as I've had in a long time. We start on Saturday. I was in Raleigh for the outdoor game. Did you watch much of it? Yes. I caught a lot of it. So yeah. The hockey part of it is bad, and there's not a lot to say there. They they lost 4-1. to one. Uh, Tom Wilson came back. That's the good news. He scored a goal. That's the better news. The Capitals got outplayed in every capacity. The Hurricanes were way better, won every puck battle. Skated with Just more speed. faster. And, yeah. Every way that you can lose a hockey game, they lost a hockey game. They were terrible. The Hurricanes were really good. They were down 4 nothing after two periods. They played a much better third period. And the second really was the disaster. Uh, and otherwise, it was a, a 1-1 hockey game in the first and third periods. But 
The environment was amazing. Raleigh has become a hotbed now. That The venue they've got normally for hockey, where I went and saw a game a few years ago for my bachelor party, uh, is really, really good. But you, you bring the game outdoors to Carter-Finley Stadium, where NC State plays its football games, right off campus at NC State, mm-hmm. across a few parking lots, basically, from the normal venue. And Hurricanes fans who are ravenous. I mean, this team has become a juggernaut the last few years. They're basically what the Capitals were, I'd say, back around 05, 06, you know, the beginning of the Rock the Red Ascension. Uh-huh. Uh, they're 37, 10, and 8 this season, one of the best teams in the sport. So you, you get that in an outdoor game for the first time in Raleigh. You get great weather, and you can't miss. And I got to say, there were a ton of Caps fans who made the trip. I can't tell you how many people... I saw, bumped into, wearing Caps gear, or there were listeners. Uh, it was just really, really cool. I ended up parking in some guy's yard and tailgating. Lambo style. Love it. Lambo field style. Uh, this is why they call the truck bed the tailgate, I guess, or why they call it tailgate. Indeed, sir. I've never actually done this, but we set up one of those little teeny tiny mini grills. It's almost like a skillet, basically, uh-huh. on the back of a tailgate. Like That's the whole terminology. Normally, it's a big grill in a parking lot. I've I've never actually done it in the back of a truck, but it was Carolina. And normally, so you just open up the you know the the Chevy or the Honda, you know, right. just out of the out of the sedan, the hatchback. No, no, there's a real tailgate. This was a real thing. Yeah. So we uh, we ate burgers and dogs and and uh, did it all Carolina. Had some music playing and walked to the stadium, watched the game. I got to tell you, Danny, the flyover was the coolest flyover I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. What was different about it? Nighttime. So you almost never get a flyover. Okay. Okay. So it's nighttime. There's probably been nighttime flyovers or whatever. Each of the, what I would imagine to have been four or five planes, whatever the formation was, had streaming. Only thing I can call them is sparklers. Okay. But imagine just like a flame with a tail behind the plane, right over top of the stadium. That kind of lit up the entire sky behind oh, them. Oh, okay. And as they get over the stadium, perfectly timed fireworks go off everywhere. It was the coolest flyover I've ever seen. I'm a flyover guy. You're a flyover guy. Big fan of flyovers. But this just pummeled everything else I'd seen. It was the nighttime. It was the the sparkler thing. It was the explosions. It was the the fireworks. Just so perfect. Bigger pop for you in terms of, like, your excitement level. Like, you're just thinking about inside Grant Paulson, right? Like, I know your lips are filled with smile. We're past that threshold. Bigger pop for you. That flyover with the fireworks perfectly timed, the streamers. What, I don't know what the word is. I, I said streamers. You said sparklers. I don't know what it is, but I know what you mean. Streamers works, too. Streamers, yeah. Internet, YouTube streamers, Twitch streamers. Bigger pop. That flyover or when you saw the Street Profits. Like, what's the bigger excitement for you? The flyover, flyover was great. Mm-hmm. I was so emotional in that moment. I'm just standing there getting ready to watch hockey. I got incredible seats to this game. Mm-hmm. Paid a lot of money for them. Mm-hmm. Incredible seats. Standing there with some buddies. We've been enjoying ourselves. Sure. If you will. Yes. Uh, we've we, we got that going for us. Uh-huh. Planes overhead. Fireworks going off. Anthem ending. USA chance breakout. I, I was ready to start shooting down some balloons, man. <laughs> I, I was so fired up. It was awesome. I, I just, I loved it. The pregame vibes. I'm telling you right now, Danny, uh-huh. look me in the eyes. All right. The pregame vibes 
at the stadium series in Raleigh as good as anything I've experienced. The, the regrettable portion of the night was then the game The actual started. hockey, yep. Hockey, not as good as everything else, but it was great. Uh, food was decent at the stadium, I would say. Okay. Not, not awesome, but fine. I ran into Will Brinson. Remember Will Brinson? Of course. CBS Sports. Yeah, that's, that's his home court. You knew he was going to be there. He was texting me constantly, but then forgetting that he texted me. And then I found him, and I re- realized why he was forgetting he texted me. Oh, I me. see. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it was one of those, like, you're trying to meet up with a buddy at a college game. Did he think he was on air? He's like, uh, shout out to my buddy Zeke uh, up he there in D.C. He did talk about yeah, Zeke. Of course he did. Yeah. He's like, dude, Zeke told me you were coming. He's like, That's what's up? What's know. up, Grant? It's Will from the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm like, no, I know. We're in person. We met outside Section <laughs> 7, and he, we couldn't find each other. And I was like, this is not that difficult. And then. When I finally you realize it caught is up difficult. with Will, I'm like, oh, this is very difficult. That's this, great. He's moving mountains to see his boy tonight. Uh, so it was great to see him, regular of the show, Will Brinson. But uh, that was a win. That was good. That was Saturday. Fast forward to Sunday. Mm-hmm. I drive back to D.C. Three hours. We uh, we left, went to a hotel about an hour away from Raleigh with a bunch of other Caps fans. Everyone had the same look on their face at that hotel as they're checking in. Yeah. Like that that was fun, right? Little, yeah, a little beleaguered. <laughs> so we beat feet, we get back here on Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday afternoon. I got an appointment. Me and my guy Danny Ruye got to right. go over to Capital One Arena because the impractical jokers are in town. They are indeed. Danny Ruye, myself, gonna be introducing the impractical jokers on stage. That's right. So that was part of the you know big promotion leading up to it. We were giving away tickets on the show. We had a, we met a few listeners there, including some grand prize winners who got they got to go backstage and meet the guys. Three listeners. Yeah, there, there was a, a tandem of uh, buddies, brothers. I don't know these two guys who were listeners of the show, who were big impractical jokers. Marks by the way, which was good. Who won the prize of a meet and greet, and then there was one other listener who won the prize of a meet and greet, who got to go up on stage with us to introduce the jokers. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So the, the total, there was five of us to go backstage and meet the fellas. It was very it was a, a neat thing, right? You're excited to do it. It's at Cap One Arena. You're like, these guys can, can they're not doing a show at the Birchmere here. They're not doing a show at like the Lincoln Theater. This is Capital One Arena. That's over 10,000 people. That's amazing. They're, they're going to they're gonna draw that much. It was a very, very good time. So mm-hmm. we get to the arena. We, we pull up right on the stage there. We get brought down to the stage about 15 minutes before the show started. And the guy who, like, ran the whole thing came uh-huh. up to us, and he's like, all right, so you guys want to go meet the fellas, yeah? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like, where's Murr? Where's Sal? Where's Q? Where are, the, where are the boys? Where are these guys that I'm finding out their names? True TV. <laughs> now, you're not an Impractical Jokers mark like I am. Yeah, now, uh, now that it's over, I will say I've – I'm not. it's not a tough guy thing. It's just information. I've literally never seen the show. I have right. not watched but, the show at all. anti them. No. You just don't watch. I just haven't watched it. And I don't know as much. Like, Darius watches it all the time. Apparently, it's just yes. on it at his house all the time. I don't know that much, but I know their names, and I've laughed, and I've watched, and it was going to be cool to meet them. So the guy's like, hey, so just so you know, you're not going to introduce them. He's like, I like to do that. He said, I'll, I'll bring up the opening act. The opening act will bring it back to me. I'll introduce the Jokers, which is not a problem, except that now you and I have nothing yep. prepared and nothing to do. So, what, again, I, I want everyone to be clear about this. You guys probably aren't going to care that much. The whole selling point to Grant and I is you will speak and the next thing that happens is thunderous applause as the Impractical Jokers take the stage. That's a cool thing for uh, a couple local zilches like us, right? That's neat. But we're still going to go up on stage, and he uh-huh. tells us, like, you guys go up there and do do your thing. Do our thing. And I was like, okay. Except, so this is, to me, the worst-case scenario. Yes. We're not introducing them, but we are going on stage, 
and no one is telling us what to do or what to say. Just uh-huh. put yourselves in that position. Right. It's not like we're at a sporting event where we can talk sports or pump up the crowd by breaking down the return of Tom Wilson. We're at an event where there's not a whole lot of crossover, I would say, between the people that are in line for the shirts with Murr and Sal and our listeners, right? Yep. But they're like, you'll go up on stage. And so I say to the guy, I'm like, okay, so exactly what, what are you looking for? And he goes, eh, just don't tell any jokes. Then he looks at me. He looked <laughs> no, right I'm at you. He says, don't tell any jokes. Uh, but he said, you know, just welcome the crowd. You know, tell them, you know, they're going to have a good night. And tell everyone hello. Okay. This sounds like it'll be a very short time on stage. So then he takes us back to meet the guys. We go back. We meet them. They're very, very nice. Super nice guys. Uh, took pictures. Thanked us for the promotion on the radio. But then as soon as we met them, they go back to eating their dinner. I think they're having Joe Stone Crab. I overheard. They go back to the green room. He walks us back toward the stage. And this is not an exaggeration, okay? We're walking back to the stage. We've got still no real idea of what we're supposed to do or what's going to happen. And he turns around and hands me a microphone. He goes, you're up. Just like that. Just like that. And I kind of looked at Danny. And you look back at him and you go, do you have another microphone? And he goes, no, 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 just use that one. Okay, we'll pass it back and forth. (laughs) Mm. So you and I are looking at each other. And... While we were waiting for them to come out of the green room, I had just said, so if we're not introducing them, what should we say? And you're like, I think we just do the bit where we just keep asking them, are they ready? Yeah, I've I've emceed a million shows, right? (laughs) Every comic has gone through this thing where you have to go, all right, here we go. My soul has been sold, and are you guys ready for a good time? And I know, come on, I can't hear you. I need to hear you in the back. This side of the room, are you ready to have a great time tonight? You have to just do it. You have to just swallow your pride and eat it. So I still have my coat on. Yeah. So I take my coat off, and the the, the sound guy who's got his headphones on, he's mixing and matching and minusing everything. Uh-huh. He turns around and he goes, "Hey, if you guys are going, you got to go. The music's down." So here we go. So we walk up on stage. There's thousands of people in the crowd. It's Capital One Arena, man. Yeah. It's, it just that's what it is. That's what it's, it is. It's Capital One Arena. I've seen, you know. Kanye West and, and Hugh Axe and uh, Kevin Hart perform here. So I'm walking up on stage with the microphone, with no plan. Yep. And I just go, how's it going today, Washington, D.C.? Knowing full well that no one's going to say anything except hot crowd. This baby. crowd. Everyone goes, Rah. they were fired up. And yep. in that moment, I realized. The drug that my guy Danny Rue enjoys on stage. That's what it is. Right? Now, they don't do that for me. Well, they, but they could. I get, I get tempered. Chasing the fe- the yeah. possibility of that. <laughs> sure, sure. That's what you want. Yeah. So so everyone responded, and now I'm now I'm good. I'm like, who's ready to see the Jokers? And everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> so that's all we... Now, now we're done, basically. Yeah, that's Grant's done his job. So I said... Uh, I think I said one more thing. We're Grant saying, and Danny. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm Grant Paulson. This is Danny Ruye with 106.7 The Fan. We're happy to be here tonight. Who else is happy to be here? Again, I'm going back to the well. Right. It's like, yeah. And so then I was like, all right. Now it's the awkward part. Now I'm handing the mic yeah. to Danny. And, I, and the, keep in mind, again, there's a mic. There's multiple <laughs> mics on stage, but the guy wouldn't turn one of the other ones there's on There's never been more mics than there are on stage. And, like, the, the idea that I asked him, like, are I said, you don't even have to provide me with another mic. I see one up there. Are those hot? I could just use one of those. I'll keep it in the uh, in the mic stand. He goes, no, just pass that one back and forth. Okay, great. 
make, make us look more amateurish. Make us look like we really don't belong. Even though we don't, double down on it. So I'm the, just, I'm holding the mic and Danny's got his hands in his pockets. Just, next just standing there looking around like, I'll, I'll, it'll be my turn in a second. No, have no fear, person just settling in who's confused. Eating your popcorn. Oh. So I hand him the microphone and Danny does the bit. Yep. You know this bit? <laughs> you have seen You've seen it. You've seen it since your fifth grade, you know, uh, ceremony with your vice principal, right? Uh-huh. Danny, this is such a bad. I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do? Right. I'm not joining on you. I know. Someone had to wear this jacket, and you put it on. Yep. Danny goes, I just, I just don't think you guys are excited enough. He goes, If you're really excited for the show tonight, let me hear you. And everyone goes, Ah. And Danny looks at me, and he's in full character, and he goes, nope, uh-uh. It, that, that, that just wasn't good enough. I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe you. If you're ready to have a great time tonight, let me hear you make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> I get the pop. Sir, uh, sir, I'm sure his name is Sir. Murr and Sal are probably backstage like, who are these guys? Uh, who, where did we find these guys here? So one more cheer. Now, remember, it's not just Danny and I on stage. Uh There's a guy behind us who's a listener who won his way up on stage. And I didn't want people to think he's just kind of following us around. Or documentary crew without without a camera. (laughs) So then Danny hands me the mic back, and I say, one more thing. This guy right here won his way on stage by listening to our show. His name is Anthony something. Mm -hmm. Is Anthony something. Let's hear it for Anthony something. And then for like the eighth time in the 14 seconds since we've been on stage, everyone goes, Now, Danny also took the opportunity, I got to give you credit, to promote the radio program. Mm -hmm. Said, listen to us from 2 to 6.30, 106.7 The Fan, ones of you have heard of us, you you should listen to the show. So that was great. Mm -hmm. And then even though the guy told us not to tell any jokes, I got one joke off. That's right. Okay. So while we were meeting the Impractical Jokers, this guy Murr looks at a dude who was with us. Who did not look like Jason Momoa necessarily? Yeah, listen, they both had ponytails, tan ponytail. Yeah, right? that's that's what they had in common. May, maybe a tattoo somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> he, he looks at him. He's we like, don't know. "You look like Jason Momoa." Like while we're getting pictures, and the guy's like, "Oh, thank you." He goes, "I do get that a lot." That's and then what he, he, said. he looks right at Danny, and he goes, "You look like Chris Evans." Chris Evans. Chris freaking Evans. Chris Evans. Just a dreamboat. Chris Evans. You were flattered. You you were bashful and. Uh, Red. It's very kind, and I also told Grant, you're going to hear about that again. <laughs> yes, I will. You're going to hear about that. So then I, I, I tried out a joke on stage. Yes, you did. Right before we were getting on, I'm like, when's the next time I'm going to be up on stage in front of 10,000? I said, and by the way, guys, we just met with the Jokers backstage. You know they're funny because they told Danny he looks like Chris Evans. Pop the crowd. Huge pop. Huge pop. And so I'm up, I'm basically, you know, styling a profile, you know, just sort of strutting, looking off into space. Like, yeah, that's my Chris Evans face or whatever. Who knows? People in the crowd, to say they went nuts, I don't think is overselling it. They they were belly laughing. I can only assume it was the largest laugh of the night. Right. Huge applause. And I said, okay, that that Chappelle on stage (laughs) or me? Who gets bigger laughs? When we talk about top comedians of all yeah. time, do we have to mention Grant Paulson? One for one, man. Yeah. 
with my one little zing. So then, uh, so everyone, la- you know, courtesy chuckle, whatever. And I was like, all right, the Jokers are coming out in a minute. Like, you guys have been great. I don't know if I said that or not. It feels like that's yeah, yeah. Like, have a great night. But enjoy. I was like, yeah, take care. And then we we got off stage. And then the guy took the mic. Actually, someone yelled at you first because you almost tripped over the most important well, thing. Well, I didn't. I'm just walking. And he's like, no, yes, no, this way. Ah, ah. And I'm like, I, I don't just. Their sound sh- guy sh- freaked out. Yeah. He's like, that's the whole show right there. That's the whole show. So I'm walking off and I'm just, I've been walking for so many years. I'm pretty good at it, right? I've been on stage before. Perfectly fine at leaving the stage. It's not dimly lit. Plenty of lights. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> he freaked out. Everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he was too freaked out. Like, he couldn't spare a second mic, but he could spare some screaming at me and some pointing at the, at the ground. So I'm like, what? I don't know what you're, you're – when you yell at me in a very loud voice while pointing frantically, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're addressing. He's going, no, the other way, stop. Oh, my God, ah, that's all shows. Like, okay, it's fine. Should I just leave the stage then? I'll just keep leaving the stage. And I walked off. So I don't want to interact with that guy again. Can you again. imagine I'll tell if you, you would have unplugged that wire? Yeah, it would serve them right, to be honest with you. <laughs> My dad, my dad to do something. <laughs> Unplug the wire. The whole the screens yeah. go dark. I would have loved it if I kicked that thing out. <laughs> right after he screamed, after he scream pointed at me. <laughs> He's just trying to do his job. Make sure the fellas, you know, have something to come out to. Sure, some electricity. Yeah. Which I, I I get being protective of it. I like I'm protective of not looking like an idiot while my co-host is sitting there talking, and I've got my I'm like, look at me, just standing here, just a passenger. There are plenty of microphones, sir. Spare one. <laughs> You're not. You're not running shy. I didn't it's, know it's, you were so mad. Oh, dude, at him. this this is. We're not. We're not rationing water here. All right, in a drought. There are there are endless microphones for the sound guy. He had two in his pocket. He, there were, there were plenty of working microphones that I wouldn't have. I, we could have. We 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 share all the time. We're able to communicate. We don't talk over each other all that much. Would have been just fine. And then and then he then he yelled at me about about my uh, like. Stepping over some wiring that was in a weird place on the stage. That's the whole show. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. then your show sucks, guy. <laughs> Sunday was fun because we left there. You went home. Right away. I went immediately <laughs> to the XFL game. Your boy, the DC Defenders at Audi Field. We'll get into that a little bit later because that was great vibes. But Eric Bienemy's been hired by the commanders. We got to discuss that as well. Lots to get into next. Grant and Danny here on The Fan. With Danny, I'm Grant. You are listening to The Fan. Eric Bieniemy is the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator joining the organization Friday. Danny was out. You haven't gotten a chance to give your take, so we'll do that coming up in just a little bit, but what a no-brainer it feels like for this team. There's some audio we're going to play for you later in the show today from one of his former players in Kansas City who doesn't think that enemy had a whole lot to do with the Chiefs' success and thinks he could be in trouble leaving Andy Reid and going out on his own. So we'll react to that as well. Did you watch any of the XFL game this weekend? Only caught a little bit. I felt like every time I'd leave the All-Star game or you know, other shows that were on, it was either on commercial or halftime. I saw it was 9-8 at the half. So I saw a few minutes. It looked like a great atmosphere. It was really, really good. It was a ton of fun. I'd be curious to hear from anyone who went out to Audi Field and was at the game if you guys wanted to hit us up at 800-636-1067 and tell us about your experience. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, they got over 12,000 people. Obviously, it was a holiday Sunday night. There was no school the next day. Mm-hmm. But primetime Sunday night, chilly, not frigid. I'd say the weather was pretty good overall considering 
It was February, but it wasn't warm like it will be ideally later in the season. How did how do those numbers compare to the first go around a couple years ago? So the opener was definitely more than that. I don't know how much more. I th- mm-hmm. I want to say it was closer to eighteen or or close to sold out. But it was a day game. They never played a night game at eight o'clock. Gotcha. So I'll kind of be curious to see when they're actually because it's a family, a lot of young kids type atmosphere. Um, although in the end zone, as you guys saw on TV, you know, really both end zones, but certainly there's there is a almost like a collegiate student section feel to one of the end zones where you're just partying. They have a beer snake that they yeah, put together. It's like together. one part soccer hooligan, one part like, you know, TKE fraternity. Where there are soccer chants as well. So a few things to get into. I, I guess the first thing is I always think the most important thing for these spring leagues is quality of the football. And I was impressed the last time. I remember doing the game, so we got to do radio on XFL 2.0, the last iteration, and Logan Paulson and I were both kind of taken aback by how good the football was and how quickly it got to a level where it was pretty outstanding. I thought the football itself was really, really good. It's obviously not going to be on an NFL level because most of these guys will not play in the NFL, but it is somewhere between the National Football League and college football where it is you know, better than most college games. You might get a great SEC game that rivals this. But it's so physical, Danny. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did not throw one flag for any kind of contact, and there was plenty of hits that were violent. Not to say that they're they're celebrating that. I mean, they're trying to keep these guys safe. They have rules installed on the kickoffs to make sure there aren't collisions. But in the NFL, pretty much any time there is any kind of a big hit, you expect to see a flag, and there wasn't one all night, which I actually enjoyed. It was a really physical, almost violent brand of ball. I had great seats and was able to kind of hear all the collisions. But I'll tell you what, man. In addition to the the quality of the play, the, the next most important thing for the XFL is going to be getting people to come out and enjoy it because then they'll watch it on TV when they're not there. That environment at Audi Field is phenomenal. It's fun. It's perfect for this league. There are some other teams that play in NFL stadiums, and it's too cavernous and it's too big and it's just not going to work for the most part because you're going to have fifteen to 20,000 if, if it goes really well in a stadium that seats 50-some, right? But Audi Field is basically a 20,000-seat venue for soccer. It's exactly the right size. It's perfect. And the energy from the young people, now that there's a neighborhood here where you got a lot of people that live where they're uh, partying and drinking and eating all day long. There was tailgating outside the stadium. They had like a fan fest to kick off the season. All the, the seats are... The stadium's not tall, right? There's there's only the one tier, so to speak. Uh-huh. But the, the the bleachers are kind of vertical. And the seats, because of that, are really close to the field. You feel like you're on top of the field. Have you been to Audi Field for anything? Yeah. Uh, no, I have, I've only been to one sporting event there. But I, I was there for like a big, um, I don't know what you call it, like a big uh, like a big tailgate party where all these like food trucks. It was like this big food venue thing. And celebration in the concourse or was it on the field? All, like in and around the stadium. Okay, so it's so like I got you've to see yeah. like how the seating is totally. kind of like yeah, yeah. stadium seating essentially going straight up from the sideline. Mm-hmm. I don't have a better way to describe it other than the old cliche like there's not a bad seat. Everywhere you sit for a football game is going to be fantastic. I don't care if you're in the last row. I think the end zones specifically are really, really cool from a sightline standpoint. And it's. It's just a really cool experience. It was unlike anything else DC sports that I've been to recently. 
it was kind of wild if you're in certain sections. You know, it was a party atmosphere, but there are kids having a blast. I saw a lot of young people running around. And I was also amazed how many people were wearing Defenders gear. Like, is that shocking to you that there yes. are thousands of people with hoodies and shirts and hats? And I don't know if they bought them three years ago, a thousand that, days ago. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. How, how much of that is the new iteration? How much is it? I, I got these already. I guess maybe it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it does. I mean, no. my point is, I think the Defenders gear that you bought last time means that you had an affinity mm-hmm. for the, the product. Right. You cared about the team. And now it's back. That's a built-in fan base that you're appealing to. Now, they're going to have to keep drawing, right? They're going to have to be – they're going to be competing against the Nats. There's one day where there's a game at Audi and a game at Nats Park at the same time. They're going to try to still draw close to 15,000 people. That's going to be hard. I'm sure TV numbers are going to matter too. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest thing. I have no idea what the ratings will be. I don't know if the product translates as well on TV. I can't speak to that. I can tell you that just watching the highlights, even though it's an ESPN network-level broadcast, I wasn't overly impressed. This is where I'm a little bit of a broadcast nerd by, like, the actual broadcasters themselves. It kind of felt – it was not familiar voices or big booming pipes. It was kind of amateur a little bit in how it sounded and was called. But hopefully the broadcasts are really good, and that can help grow the game too. But I can just tell you, if someone went to the game on Sunday night, I felt this way three years ago, and I'll say the same thing now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or why they wouldn't go back. Unless you're mad because, like, you know, one of the guys that was slinging beer at his friend or something hit you with it or, <laughs> right. or something. But, like, I can't imagine being at that game and not wanting to go back. It's so fun. So, to me, the, the biggest key, and I think you just touched on it, is what it does on television. And nothing will help it do better on television more than those kind of great atmospheres than in great attendance. I, I think that whatever that USFL thing was, where every game was in Birmingham and teams were at home and on the road, but still just in Birmingham in front of no people. Makes no sense. Did the biggest disservice to that league. I understand maybe why you had to do that it that way or whatever. back in a week or two. I have no interest in it. Like, not, And I know I'm a bad example because I, I didn't before, but like, I, I remember checking it out for about 10 seconds and I went, there are three people in the stands. Yeah. And it's it's Philadelphia at Cleveland or whatever the hell it was. And I'm like, what is this? No to this spectacle. But if it looks cool, the night game with, with fans going nuts, the chanting, the good noise, that kind of environment I think leads to good television. This is The Rock talking with Darren Haynes of Channel 9 about bringing the XFL back to D.C. And not all of the teams that uh, existed, not all the cities that had teams previously got their teams back. Obviously, the defenders were here and came back, and largely because it was one of the great environments, and that certainly translated again on Sunday night. What was it about D.C. or why you wanted to make sure that XFL team stayed here? Well, we had looked at a lot of markets uh, across the board, and, you know, you, you run tests, you dig deep, you see what makes sense, but the passion was already here for teams. And this has been, and, and personally, because I'm an unbiased owner, okay. uh, but every time I have come and we have come here to D.C., uh, the the memories have been incredible. And I'm talking about back in my wrestling days. I'll give you further than that. Before I got to WWE, we would travel up here and wrestle in these little venues where no one was here. So it just meant something. It's like deeper. That's The Rock discussing why the XFL is going to stick and, and came back to Washington, D.C. Would love to hear from anyone who was at the uh, stadium and wants to hop in and, and tell me what you thought about Audi Field and the environment. Uh, we can try to squeeze in a call next, 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. Crazy sports weekend in D.C. sports that got started with the hiring of Eric Biennemi for the Commanders. Uh, that's next as well on The Fan.
Third and 16, here comes the pressure, intercepted! Michael Joseph with the pick six and the flips! We'll give you some style points! That was ESPN's broadcast from Sunday night. The defenders pick six, got a goal line stand with a takeaway to win the game in their opener at Audi Field. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. By the way, on that Seattle team they were playing, Ben DiNucci, who started a game against the Redskins for the Cowboys. Benny DiNucci. Benny DiNucci. They picked him off a couple times. It was yeah. not a great game for DiNucci. Mm-mm. And Josh Gordon, the former 1,600-yard wide receiver in the NFL, Caught the first touchdown of the game for Seattle. Did, did you know that Steven Montez got some snaps in that game? Steven Montez is their backup quarterback. <laughs> I didn't even realize he got snaps until oh, really? I watched. I rewatched it when I got home. And it was like, what? That, that is former Washington great who almost played in the playoff game. Do you remember like, do you remember when people were like clamoring for him? Like there was a small subsection of people that were like, this is the guy. Well, they thought he was going to be our Taysom Hill because he was like getting work at tight end or, or something. something for an hour. I don't know. Uh, but. Heineke left to go to the locker room when he started against the Bucs in the playoff game. Uh-huh. And Montez was warming up to come in in the playoffs. Now he's the quarterback of the backup quarterback. One of the quarterbacks. For the Seattle Sea Dragons. Let's go to Robert, who's in Ashburn, who was uh, at Audi Field on Sunday. What's up, Robert? Hey, how are you guys? Um, hey, man, it was spectacular. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. We got into the fan fest. Um, came over, gave you a fist bump. Grant, you were talking. I didn't want to really bother you. I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> uh, my son won a uh, post-game experience at the Fan Fest, so we were down in the um, end zone area as the game ended, met all the players. They were coming in. Some players came up and hang out with us at the end of the game. Um, I won a swag bag, got all the gear. Uh, where I was sitting, it was packed. It was loud. It was a great atmosphere. I haven't experienced something like that since a Capitals game. Rock the Red back in the day a few years ago. That's great to hear. Thanks, I, I, I could just tell you, look, I'm not comparing the football. I'm not doing a defenders versus commanders thing. But there is not a comparison between the vibes in that stadium on Sunday night and FedEx Field. There's just not. I mean, one of them is really, really fun. It's not the FedEx Field one. And uh, it, it was it was a cool place to be. Keith in D.C., what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, buddy. You guys are amazing. Thank you, dude. Appreciate you, bro. Um, Dude, that game was so much fun. And I went with my wife and my mother just to go have fun. It was something to do. Last minute, we went. I can take my kids there, bro. Totally. Dude, we had a blast. And the product that they put out on the field was great. I love being able to hear the interaction between the refs and the guys in the booth. I loved like and, and you get to the point right away. This is what happened. This is why we're calling it. I loved it. I love the the one two three point. Uh, yeah, so we could talk about that. Appreciate you, Keith. Thanks, uh, dude. And we will uh, later in the show. But there are some rule changes that I think really in, people enjoy. And they had these three years ago. Maybe mm-hmm. people are rem- just now remembering or, or maybe new to it. But instead of extra points, they've gotten rid of those, which you should like. Love that. And now you get one point for going from two yards away, two points for a five yard play, and three points for a ten yard play. So it's one, two, or three, yes. which is why the scores are a little quirky. There was a game where they had a fourth and 15 conversion as an onside That's kick. That's your onside kick. And it actually starts the drive. So I didn't realize that. But however many yards you get there helps you because you start your drive. Oh, right on. From but after you, the 15 yards. You can't score on that play, though, right? I don't be- Well, I guess you maybe could. I could I mean, maybe you could. It starts your yeah. drive. Yeah. Let's go to Shelly in Springfield. Hey, Shelly. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Shelly. So I was. 
I was at that game too. I, you know, I talked my um, significant other into going with me, and um, he was all on board. And man, what a blast! I mean, we had gone out to FedEx Field four times this year for the first time ever, and it was kind of eh, you know, whatever. We're here to see some football, but that thing was crazy on Sunday night. It was absolutely crazy. I think I might have been in the same section you were sitting in, Grant. I was in C seven. Yes, I was in C seven. We were. We yeah, were seatmates. Yeah, I, I saw you there. Yeah, I saw you there, and I was going to like be obnoxious and say, hey, Grant, I listened to you on the radio, but I didn't want to do that. Well, you should have said that. You absolutely should have said hello. I hope you had fun, and hopefully I'll see you out there again. Let's go to Andrew and Warrington. What's, What's up, up, Andrew? Andrew? Hey, so I uh, I didn't get to go out there, but um, March 5th, I'm going to have to find a babysitter. Uh, I, uh, uh, I got to watch it, and, you know, as you said, the broadcasters, they, they could obviously spend some money there. To put this in perspective, the Ruck paid less than Strasburg's annual value to buy the entire XFL. Right, $15 million bucks. Wow. Yeah. So he, so what we saw was delightful. I love the rule changes. I love, the, I love the, uh, being able to hear what's going on with these decisions that they're making. We got to watch the entire process of a disqualification uh, because the guy threw a punch in the middle, in the middle of a, a scrum. Um, it was, I really, really enjoyed it and, and free the beer snake. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. They took away their beer snake. I just, the Audi field security did it. The, the, the defenders and the XFL really enjoy the beer snake and rightfully so. I'm sure they'll try to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, it's such next a time. huge, organic, awesome thing. And I, listen, I, I understand. I'm sure someone will be like, well, there's a concern because the, the plastic or the a droplet, or, I have no idea. I know that that thing's fun and everyone likes it, so of course an adult had to come in and take it away. Shelly, next time, come up and say hello. Part of the reason I went to the game was to hang out with listeners and to, to meet people. So, yeah, please feel free to do that, and I'll be there again in a couple of weeks on March 5th. I just love hearing people had a blast because that was my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this thing goes. I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't know if there's going to be enough buy-in nationally in terms of TV numbers. I just know this. If you went to that game and you didn't have fun, I don't have anything in common with it. Like <laughs> it may not it's, be it's much a, for you. <laughs> it's a really, really good time. Uh, we can get more into it later. Let's talk Eric Bieniemy and the Commander. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.